Hey everyone, welcome to Movie Fills Bill and Steve. I'm Steve. And I'm Bill. Movies talk, so let's talk movies. Let's talk those movies. How are you doing this week, Bill? Uh, I'm going to look ahead in the future, because we're totally not recording this the same night we're also recording the Age of Extinction podcast episode, and say I am doing uh, incredible. Um, you know, uh, I just got promotion at work, I'm making a huge buku bucks more money right now. Uh, things are looking so up for me. Well, that's great. It sounds like you're going to have a great week. I am. It's going to be a great week. <laughs> I'm definitely not going to die, so. Definitely not going to die. Definitely not going to die. It's going to be very prophetic if I do, in fact, die next week. I would just be impressed. Oh, I'm going to kill myself now just to impress you, Steve. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I didn't, I didn't think you would do it, but you did it. I'm just, <laughs> color me impressed. I am so impressed. Oh, uh, welcome yeah, to Movie a... Films with Steve and Gizmo Cat. <laughs> Meow. <laughs> oh, shit! Oh, the most important thing in the world happened, Steve. Did you hear about Garfield Go? <gasps> no! Tell there me about a... Garfield Go! There, uh, during E3, which we also kept forgetting to talk about E3 those last oh, yeah. weeks of the podcast. Oh, yeah! Also, I saw The Mummy a few weeks back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that too. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about that. Talk about Garfield Go. Yeah, so we do have so many to talk about this week because we don't have a lot of news because we don't obviously recording the same night. Uh, Garfield Go is an on- augmented reality phone app uh, similar to Pokemon Go, where you go around, uh, you know, doing the GPS locating stuff and collect Garfield strips, and then you can also uh, collect puzzle pieces all around and potentially unlock uh, free gift cards and stuff for like you know Amazon.com and all those other type of things. Oh, this is a totally real thing. I thought you were making a joke at first. Nope, Garfield goes real. Uh, you like instead of I was, some of the videos I was seeing for it, where instead of you know like with Pokemon Go, you throw the Pokeball. With Garfield Go, Garfield's there with his bowl, and you're like throwing lasagna into his bowl. Oh. And uh, the videos watching the game was kind of freaking out because then he had to he had to go around. It was like a hot cold meter. We have to go around and find Garfield in your room. And this guy's walking around. Meanwhile, the Garfield app is going meow. Because <laughs> the fun fact is the film is using Lorenzo Lamas' voice from the Garfield animated series. Oh, that's awesome. So it's all this stuff. I have not had a chance to download it because I don't think I have room on my phone between, you know, Hearthstone and Pokemon Go and all sort of stuff. But yeah, that it's a totally real thing. Everyone thought it was a joke. And it's like, nope, this is real. Oh, God. So Garfield Go. You can, you can download that in the iTunes store and the uh, Google Play store. Bye now. By now. And then E3 in general, I, we totally have been forgetting to talk about that. I know we don't do a ton of video game talk sometimes. Uh, was there anything like in particular you saw or were interested by by any of the uh, different conferences? Uh, the Dragon Ball Fighters looks really good. That looks pretty cool for a, uh, a three-on-three type fighting game. As a huge fan of Marvel vs. Capcom, I think Marvel vs. Capcom looks kind of bad. Oh, that's a pretty universally accepted thing. That, right? Oh, okay. MVC Infinite looks pretty terrible. The, C, the 3D models look bad. The g- whole game mode stuff where you'll be randomly given an Infinity Gauntlet power-up thing. And we'll just If that's going to go as the way I think it's going to go, we'll just cripple fucking um, competitive Street Fighter. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, uh, I don't know. E3 wasn't a big deal for me. You know, a lot, I know a lot of people were super pumped about Monster Hunter, but I've never cared about Monster Hunter. That's fair. Um, Shadow of the Colossus already came out once, so whatever. Uh, I will be excited if it has new controls. <clears throat> it does. They confirm that. 
Because when you get you sit years ago as a Christmas present, you sent me the HD collection, and I started playing Shadow of the Colossus, and I got so fucking frustrated with that <laughs> game. I'm glad I ruined Christmas for you. Like I was, I really, I I want to play the game because everyone says it's a huge classic and all this stuff, and I'm like, I really think it has great art direction. I love what what what's going on here, but these controls are insanely stupid. <laughs> um. I'm pretty pumped that Metroid Prime 4 is going to be a thing, because I like the Metroid Prime series a lot. Um, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm curious, though, because it's not the original team that made the first three. So, yes. who knows? But so long as they keep with the same tone and concept and stuff, then I think mm-hmm. that could be something cool. Yeah. Um, everyone keeps on losing their mind over Spider-Man, but, like, every single gameplay mechanic that people are losing their minds over in Spider-Man was already in the Amazing Spider-Man 2 game. Yeah, but no one played that because it was attached to a fucking garbage movie. See, it was a garbage movie. Fuck you, Bill. It was taken to the dump. Um, but yeah, like, and, and don't get me wrong, I, I personally liked Amazing Spider-Man 2, the game, but mm-hmm. I could also tell that it was rushed. You know, like, they kicked it out too quick in order to line it up with the film. Uh, but the team that was working on it was doing some good stuff with it. You know, there was, like, Peter Parker missions, um, that would, uh, dialogue and stuff would change depending on what you chose. Um, the battle system was very Arkham City-ish. Mm-hmm. Arkham, Arkham Asylum-ish, but it worked really well for Spider-Man. The game looked good, it was fun, uh, it had the quick time events in the uh, specific places where they needed to be, it had stealth sections where you were, like, sneaking around and doing, like, the exact same web animations as were in the PS4 demo. Mm-hmm. Exact same. Uh, I had a lot of costumes, there was, was a lot of love put into that game, but, you know, it was rushed, it had a really bad menace hero system. But... Again, like, all the gameplay systems that people are losing their minds about for this game were already in that game, so I'm not on that same hype train, because I'm just like, oh, so it's a prettier version of this game I already own. Yeah. It's made by Insomniac. I mean, maybe the story will be good, and maybe the game will be a whole lot better than just that little bit that they showed us, but based on what they showed, I wasn't like, oh, it was like, okay, I already did that. I think Insomniac. Am I forgetting? Is, Is Insomniac Games making that? Yes. Okay, I thought so. Sometimes it's hard to keep track of all these damn studios. I think the biggest news for me was the Horizon Zero Dawn DLC coming out. That looks sick. Can't wait for that. Yeah, that is cool. Uh, There's a cool, like, sushi game coming out for 3DS. That looks rad. On on top of not only Metroid Prime 4, but there's also uh, a Metroid Samus Returns game coming out for 3DS. That's all. It's a, you know, side-scrolling, you know, that Metroidvania type uh, game style. Well, it's a remake. It's a remake of Metroid 2. Is Is it a straight remake of Metroid 2? Yes. Everything sounded like it was an actual full-fledged new game. I mean, they may be updating it, don't get me wrong, but it, the, like, the story, what the game is, it's, it's Metroid 2 from the Game Boy. Okay, cool. I, I, I didn't know what all... And, and they, may be, they may be updating it, they may be making it far more Metroidvania than like the Game Boy game was and what have you. Mm-hmm. But it, just to let you know, it's Metroid 2. Okay, cool. I, I, did not, I had not paid much attention because it's like, oh, it's Metroid, I'll buy it. <laughs> That's as, fair. As long as, as, long as again, the, the asterisk on that is always, as long as it's not Other M. Right. I remember, I remember buying Other M. You bastard. You dumb bastard. I I'm was, so sorry for you. I'm a fool. <laughs> but the baby, Steve. The baby. Did Adam give you permission to buy that game? <laughs> Fuck you, Adam. <laughs> God! A fucking game. Oh, Ridley, I'm so scared. Even though I've killed you six times up to this point in the timeline. Samus, it's okay, you know, we're, we're buddies, all this sort of stuff. You are a ginormous black man. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, princess. The, per, the, per, the the perspectives of, like, height and stuff in that game are ludicrous. Ludicrous. Especially because, like, Samus in the armor is supposed to be, like, seven feet tall. 
And yeah. he just towers over her. But then you see her next to another woman, and it's like, how, what in the world? <laughs> <laughs> Something got goofed up here. Uh, it's always like they didn't I make a good game. My biggest takeaway was uh, rather how hilarious Xbox's conference was. Yes. To me. I think a lot of people are like, oh, but this, this, this. But I'm like, uh, well, they didn't really announce any true exclusives for their console. Everything's for PC or Xbox. And then everyone's like, oh my god, but Anthem. Anthem is for everything. Dragon Ball Z Fighters is for everything. Yeah. Like, what What do they have? And then on top of the whole... Yeah, that Xbox One X thing. So stupid. That... I cannot... I thought for, I thought going into this... I thought Scorpio was like a new console. Mm-hmm. That's what I kept being led to believe by Xbox and all stuff. That Scorpio is like their next... Like an actual new console console. Oh, no. I like, always knew it was like... It was like they were PS4 Pro. Then why did they release the Xbox One S last year? I don't... I, that was the stupid thing. Because everyone thought that the S was the Scorpio because of that. So mm-hmm. they so they have three different versions of their fucking console. That's not confusing at all to the general public. And if, when come Christmas time, uh, who, who, what's a parent going to buy? The cheapest uh, one. A $250 PS4 or whatever, or Xbox One S, or the $500 Xbox One X. Mm-hmm. Not I to mention I, the PS4 Pro is going to be even cheaper than the Xbox One Yeah, pre- Yeah, that, that'll pretty much Christmas. be... That'll pretty much be the default PlayStation 4 model by then, probably. Yeah. And that's going to be the case there. And what it gets me is everyone's like, but 4K, 4K, 4K. Uh, you might want to wait till the thing comes out. I mean, I'm saying it could come out and be a totally great beast of a machine playing perfect 4K stuff. But but the Xbox One can't even play like some stuff at 60 frames, 1080p. I don't know what... <laughs> I mean, it can't even do that like 920 or whatever like the thing between 720 and 1080 is. Yeah, it can't even do that. I don't... what. I, I, far as I know, still, I think my friend Jason, our, you know, mutual friend, you know, Jason Cryer, uh, bought one to play 4K Blu-rays, and I just, I don't, I don't think his, his issues ever got resolved. He's saying he has a ton of problems, it just wasn't working for him, all stuff, but I know, I was also hearing it was a common problem for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, some people are fine, I don't know. So, I mean, I just hear so many things, like, what's going on with this? Yeah. So, I don't know, we'll... Wait and see. I I mean, good on them if they make a thing that makes people happy and they can play all their you know quote you know 4K stuff. I don't know why the big thing for 4K. I don't whatever it is. Yeah, whatever. I got a 4K like TV big... and I don't care that much. I do too, and it's like okay, 4K. I'm not gonna buy 4K. I'm not gonna buy 4K Blu-rays. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> that be, that'll become the default model someday. I'll have to buy some weird thing. But by then, a PS5 will come out. They'll have a blue a HD Blu-ray drive. And or whatever, and I'll just be like, whatever, here it is, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so I think that's about it for uh, E3 stuff. Um, I don't think anything else uh, really jumped to my mind that I thought was that, that big of a deal to me. Mm-hmm. Besides the fact that Metroid Prime 4 coming out means probably next year I'll buy a Switch to play that. Right. If it's any good. Oh, yeah, Xenoblade 2, obviously. Oh, yeah, that's a big deal for you, for sure. Um, not the fact that they announced it because I knew Xenoblade 2 was coming. Uh, the fact that they announced it for this fucking year. Mm-hmm. Um, made me lose my fucking mind. Lose my fucking mind. So I, I went from, <clears throat> I'll get a switch eventually. I don't care. To well, now I need to get a switch in the next six fucking months to play this game. Because yes. as I explained to Bill, um, you know, like in private multiple times, Tetsuya Takahashi, my favorite fucking director, his team, my favorite RPG making team. Uh, the only reason why I own the past two Nintendo consoles is because Nintendo owns Tetsuya Takahashi and his team. I own I owned a Wii because of Xenoblade. I owned a Wii U because of Xenoblade X, and now I own a Switch because of Xenoblade Two. They are those are my system sellers for me for the Nintendo games. Not fucking Mario, not fucking Zelda, but fucking Xenoblade. Well, Zeno. Mm-hmm. 
whatever they decide to name the games. Yeah, I, I will give a total prop uh, for Mario Odyssey. It does look good. Looks really that good. game uh, looks weird. Yes. And I haven't really cared for any of the 3D Mario games except for Sunshine because it was weird. Yeah. Hey, weird things in that game. Mario's going to possess this sentient human being and make him his slave. No, 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 no. He's not possessing. He's just taking control of. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. It's totally... It's a Nintendo of America keeps telling people, no, 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 not possessing. Taking control of. But no, just the fact that you can take over, like, a Chain Chomp or Bullet Bill or this Tiki statue. Mm -hmm. And, like, all of his, like, weird costumes are very, like, uh, East, like, uh, um, throwbacks to other, like, appearances Mario's had over the years. Man, Mario and a Sombrero won me over that game. That was really funny. <laughs> like, there's, it, it just looks like a really weird game, so I am looking forward to that. Plus, the, the Yoshi game looks adorable, and there's another Kirby game coming out. So there's, there's actually getting to be enough stuff for me to justify buying a Switch. Mm -hmm. Which, I would have bought a Wii U if there was enough there to justify it for me, but I really needed so I needed a Metroid game at the time, and there was never a Metroid game. So I would probably never play Bayonetta 2, unless they uh, port it to PC. Mm -hmm. But that's okay. I mean, I'll get, I mean someday, whatever. Uh, so, um, in no real movie news, because again, we're recording this the same week, uh, but I guess Steve did want to talk about one thing that we didn't cover, uh, last week. Um, two things. <clears throat> one, I saw The Mummy. Uh, it wasn't as bad as the internet makes it out to be. I liked it more than I was expecting. The end. <laughs> uh, I remain mm. firmly in the camp of, I will watch it on a streaming <laughs> service someday. Everything I've heard about the movie does not sound like my cup of tea at all. And that's fair. You know, I, I, I definitely, I, I got criticisms with the movie, don't get me wrong. Um, but I did enjoy it. And I hope that, uh, they at least get to make Bride of Frankenstein, you know. I, get, I hope that they at least get to make a couple more of these Dark Universe films and hopefully iron out, you know, what actually makes the original monster movies work and why The Mummy doesn't work as well. Yeah. Hints. Don't, don't make it a Tom Cruise movie. Yeah, it was just oh, that's just everything. Everything. <clears throat> it everything wasn't. There. It was not an action movie. I saw a lot of people, critics and stuff, saying, "Oh, it was a fucking action movie with all these action set pieces." Like, there's one with the plane, but like everything after that is just like it's it's definitely a horror movie with some action. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I do think that's a criticism that I feel is very off base. This is a film that is a horror movie with some action in it. Just just to put that out there for everyone. Just put that out there for everyone. Uh, the movie probably doesn't exist in theaters anymore, so no It's already, it. you can pick it up on DVD at Walmart. It's in Redbox right now, one dollar. <laughs> one dollar. Um, but yes, uh, something that, like, came up last week, but I figured I'd save it for this week since we're actually talking about this film. I am getting increasingly annoyed for no reason at all the fucking marketing for Transformers 5, consistently calling it the final chapter. Yeah. Um, I know for a fact that they were saying that, you know, this is Bay's last movie, uh, but, like, they were already talking about Transformers 6. They have firmly established that this is setting up, you know, future Transformers stories up until, like, last fucking week. And then all of the fucking sudden, last week, every goddamn trailer, every Facebook ad, everything is just like, come see the final chapter. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? It's such a bullshit, demonstrably false marketing ploy. <laughs> like, this, is, this isn't like... And don't get me wrong, it's different than this being, like, the marketing tagline versus the actual title of the film. Mm -hmm. But, like, Friday the 13th, the final chapter, was legitimately meant to be the last Friday the 13th movie from the start. Yes. Then it did so well, they decided against that, but it was meant to be that. They weren't calling it the final chapter with plans for part five already written. This, like, the fucking, the ending of this film is setting up the sequel immediately. Yep. Like the I was surprised by that, because I... Two, I, I mean, even everything in this ending, as we'll get to when we discuss the film, 
I uh, I I was there. I mean, I'm not there. I was um, agreeing. I kept hearing tons of stuff going. It's like this was like kind of an ending thing because it's like the end of Michael Bay. So after after this film, they could they were I kept hearing they're going to reboot the series and go doing all this other stuff. That's why I kept kind of talking the last several weeks that everyone was like, oh, maybe they can go in like a new like a more G one direction, all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I mean, in the film I was like, okay, so why are we doing this whole last chapter stuff, making it seem like some big send off thing? Yeah, when it's not at all. No, it's not. Uh, I mean, uh, I mean, we we know we're getting t- uh, several more Transformers films, a Bumblebee spinoff film, uh, more of the Hasbro toy verse between like a GI Joe Transformers film, a Mask film, a Micronauts film. I think I even heard something like a Rob Space Knight, Visionaries, like all this like ludicrous shit. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. I mean, I'd be down for a Mask film or a GI Joe Transformers film. But I think there's a there's a limit on I think what you can be trying to do here. I agree with that. Uh, Mattel can't even Mattel and DreamWorks and Sony and all them can't even get the fucking He-Man movie off the ground. And you want to be like, oh, we're gonna make a Micronauts movie, huh? <laughs> sure you are. Okay, I guess we're doing this now. <laughs> Best of, okay, so let's just, uh, let's jump into that. Why can't we get a Pirates of Dark Water movie while we're at it? <laughs> you know, it's just like fuck. Uh, so I think that's about it for news and little things we kind of forget, like housekeeping stuff we kind of been forgetting about the last couple of weeks. Uh, so let's just jump right into it, Steve. How about it? Let's just jump into it. Okay, guys, uh, this is the end of Transformers Month. This is the end of the 10th anniversary celebration. This is the fifth Transformers film, Transformers The Last Night from 2017, directed by Michael Bay. Humans and Transformers are at war. Optimus is gone. <laughs> key to saving our future lies buried in the secrets of the past in the hidden history of the transformers on earth <laughs> i like that opening immediately <laughs> world war optimus is gone everything's fucked fucking shit we're cat cats are dying and the dogs and cats up and down black is white this man has no dick uh i was only kidding <laughs> no uh that's what i've heard Oh, that's right. Shit. You're totally right. <laughs> that line that's really weirdly ADR'd in. <laughs> Super weirdly ADR'd in. Yeah. Okay, so uh, we just saw this film last night as we're recording this. Um, this is super fresh. Super fresh. Uh, we don't obviously have no notes on this. It's a lot of a lot of stuff. Yeah, this is going to be members. very off the sleeve here. Like Off the sleeve, and uh, that's okay. Um, uh, I, I have my uh, feelings on this movie, and Steve has his feelings. Uh, so I'm going to put Steve on, on trial here, and I want him to tell me why he likes this movie. Okay. Uh, Which I would do anyways when I would say, Steve, what do you think of this movie? Um, well, I like this movie. Um, I like this movie a lot. I thought it was uh, a lot of fun. I thought that... Uh, I don't know, there was a lot of stuff in the movie I just really fucking liked. I appreciated that Optimus wasn't in the entire fucking movie. Um... I like that Mark Wahlberg just kind of had his own adventure with the Transformers, dealing with shit. I'm trying to think. This is so off the cuff that it's hard for me to like talk about the film. Let me try. That's to... okay. That's okay. Let me try going in order or something. No, no, go, go. Do everyone do? I was just gonna say you could say stuff, and I was just gonna uh, grab the steering wheel and drive this car off a cliff and screaming about this movie. <laughs> um. I mean, I, I'll get into more specifics so that you can... I'll, I'll just give my overall so you can give your overall. That's fine. And then we can get into specifics. This is going to be the biggest clusterfuck of an episode you've probably ever done, Steve. Yes. I love it. <laughs> um, but I thought that it was a lot of fun. 
I liked a lot of the sequences. I liked a lot of the ideas. I like the world building. I like the ramifications of what they're setting up. I like a lot of the uh, Transformer designs. I like the fact that there's a quintessence, Quintessa, in the film. I never thought that they'd actually straight up put Transformer God in a movie. Mm-hmm. Or even mention the fucking name Unicron. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the fact that Prime is, in fact, straight up called Nemesis Prime. Um, yeah. well, I'll get into that a bit more when we get into specifics, both positives and negatives, though. I like Mark Wahlberg's place in the universe at this current moment in time. And I like the pace of the film worked for me a lot. Huh. Yeah, the, honestly, the pace really worked for me. Um, I, okay. do, I don't think it's a perfect film by any means. I definitely. I don't mean to imply that you do I, think that. I definitely, well, no, because I, I love this film a lot. Uh, I really, really enjoy this film, possibly more than four. But at the same time, I definitely have far more criticisms of five than I do of four. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Totally. So I just want to be clear with that. Like, as much as I really, really, really like this movie, you know, I think it's still... I would be able to easily argue that four is still the stronger film. Yeah. But I really enjoyed five. Uh, speaking of positives, obviously, I do have positives. I'm always going to have positives about things. I don't want to make it sound like I'm just here to take this film, rip off its neck, and shut down its throat. I, uh, I agree with you. I really liked a lot of the, uh, like we talked about this when they first announced the film, me and me kind of theorized stuff. And I was sitting there like, it was so funny to me how spot on I got a lot of my guesses. Mm-hmm. And so being in the theater and having all that happen, I was like, oh, I was like, I was kind of happy. And then uh, the whole stuff of Unicron, and that, that we kind of talked about before the film came out. I was like, oh, sure, they're really doing this. And they did. And I was like excited about that stuff. So I like, I like the nods to the canon that they were doing. And I, I really appreciated it. The problem is all that goodwill, I think, was, I, was really squandered. Uh, the biggest theme we had with Dark and the Moon was wasted potential. Mm-hmm. And that is really how I felt walking out of the theater with this movie. Uh, not trying, not not going into negatives too quickly, but I just want to say like, with the positives, like I have all these positive things. Like I really like the character of Kate Yeager, but I I really don't care for what they did with him in this film. I I like some stuff with Anthony Hopkins' character, but then they do a lot of things I don't like with it. I was like, oh great, they're bringing back Josh Duhamel as Colonel Lennox. They're doing all, they're doing lots of things in this film to make it seem like it is a send off of the series, mm-hmm. but the way they go about doing things it just bothers me so any positive i kind of had was just completely squandered and and just kind of shit on and that's i i, I was at the film the credits were rolling and i was kind of sitting there like feeling really eh but it's one of those films that as i walked out of the theater and was talking to rachel and started thinking about it more my eh attitude was starting just to turn into seething hatred and i don't <laughs> want to i and i don't like in my gut i don't feel like i hated this film but there were so many things that were such a huge departure from Age of Extinction <laughs> that really boned me out. Because Age of Extinction, as we talked about last week, and as we talked about, you know, last year or so, when we were talking about this film coming out and everything coming out, I felt like Age of Extinction was a real turning point for this franchise. Yes. Like, we kind of described uh, parallel to the Fast and the Furious franchise, where the fourth film really turned that series, started turning that series around, and then we got Fast Five and everything after that. It's been, like, amazing, incredible action films, great, all this other stuff. And I thought that was our turning point. And then this film comes out, and it, it just uh, really broke my heart and really disappointed me. Mm-hmm. So much so that when even when it comes to po- my positives of the film are, are just tarnished so much. I, a positive, I, okay, so the, the positives I don't think were ruined. I like the baby Dinobots. Adorable. 
I thought they were really cute. I liked um, Squeaks or whatever the little little moped uh, bot that was Isabella's little buddy. Yeah, I thought I, he was um, going to be super annoying, but uh, he I thought he was really good. It was it kept the cuteness going. Now, now some of these are going to factor into major negatives when we get to negatives. But I will I, on the surface level, I thought these were generally good. But I think I, sorry, I would say like uh, I like these things, but their intentions and why they're put in the movie, I, I think, are major, major negatives. I'll get to those later. I liked, um, obviously we got a lot of the same Autobots back. That was kind of cool. We're kind of sticking with everything. We weren't introduced to a ton more Autobots and right. forgetting characters, all that type of stuff. That was kind of good. Um, uh, hmm. I think I might be running out of my like actual positives. <laughs> before everything, before everything, everything just... Hey, if, you're, if you're out, I can go. I might be out because I feel like anything I'm going to say, I just remember something that really taints it. And I just go, uh, I, I love Megatron's design in this film. Megatron was great. I loved Megatron in this film. Uh, there, there is a, an asterisk, a caveat on that, of course, because like, this film has a taint on everything. But I think if I if I listed everything, the percentage of good versus bad, I think Megatron's at the top. I love the fact that Megatron survives this film. Again, we have, we are, we're doing good now. We're not just killing all the fucking villains. Yeah. It felt like we were, really, we, felt like we were having a really hard time dealing with that in the previous Transformers films. Transformers 4, we're doing pretty good of keeping little threads going. This film, you know, Megatron gets his arm cut off and kicked out of a kicked out the wall of a ship, but he's theoretically still alive. He can come back later. That's great. That's really cool. I like that a lot. Uh, but I would, uh, yeah, I will. Um, before I get into other stuff, I will bow out and let you continue on talking about your your positive stuff, and then we'll save uh, some more negative stuff for a later discussion. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go a little different here. I'm gonna go positives, then some neutrals. No, that's sure. Do because that because I agree with you that there's stuff that I like, but then stuff would ruin it. Mm-hmm. Or at least counter it. Um, I will say that I overall liked Anthony Hopkins. He, uh, I, I know what you're saying, but for me, I thought he worked throughout the whole film. Mm-hmm. I, I thought he was a joy on screen. It, he was weird and having a good time, but he was never fucking like Agent Simmons weird, in my opinion. Yeah. He was like just some quirky old fucking dude that's close to dying, but he knows what the fuck's going on, so he just doesn't give a shit anymore type of weird. Yeah, I, I what I appreciated about him, and Anthony Hopkins as an actor in this film, is that he's clearly in it for the money and having a good time. He's a, Yeah, for sure. So far as me appreciating the performance and the actor himself, I, I really like that stuff. It was more just, my issues were more with the character. That's fine. And that type of stuff. Um, I honestly love the fucking King Arthur bullshit. Um, I loved that entire sequence. I loved that idea. I liked the idea that Merlin's magic was just, he got to, he t- convinced Transformers to work for him one time. Mm-hmm. Um, and whatever, you know, I know people made fun of that, but I don't care. It actually, I, I enjoyed it. It was so fucking weird that I didn't care. I didn't mind the whole premise. Uh, uh, my issue is more tone, but I'll, I'll get to. I just want to kind of, if I have an idea, you know, a thought on what you're saying, I want to chime in. But sure. it, I'll get into more depth on what I actually thought about it because obviously that's going to go on the negatives. Uh, I know negative, not enough King Arthur stuff. The entire movie should have taken place during King Arthur times. I agree, Bill. That'd been weird. <laughs> <laughs> Although I will say the King Arthur stuff in this film felt better than anything I saw in the advertising or anything I heard about Arthur the last night. The nice the whatever the fucking the guy Richie King Arthur. Film yeah, yeah, yeah. Arthur Legend of the Sword. I think that what it was. If you're a King Arthur fan, there are more King Arthur characters in Transformers: The Last Night than there are in the movie King Arthur. Or just watch Excalibur. Yeah, or just watch Excalibur. <laughs> or just watch Batman v Superman, which is a remake of or Excalibur. Or Quest for Camelot. 
Or that old cartoon series, The Knights of the Round Table, where those football players became the Knights of the Round Table because they time traveled. Uh, or Knights of, uh, Knights of, uh, what was the Saban, like Fox Kids uh, night show? Knights of Terrace Bear? Terrace Beer Jesus. or something? Rich? I don't know. You know that show? You know that show? I don't. God, I can't remember the name of it. It's fine. It was like a, it was like another like Power Rangers cash in show. They I'm had sure that had, like, it fucking magical was. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay. Uh, I like that Chicago is fucking fucked still. Uh, not all of it. There's like just sections of it. Sure, but I feel like other movies they wouldn't even have those sections. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um. Like I feel like they would just say like, yeah, Chicago's been rebuilt. They're trying to deal with the rebuilding, and everything would be fine. Uh, but with this, just like, oh yeah, don't forget Chicago, and then they cut to that part of Chicago, and you're like, oh, Jesus fucking Christ. Like, mm-hmm. not only is this part of Chicago still fucked to shit, uh, but there's still Transformers and Decepticons hanging out in that part of Chicago. Uh, and I just appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the little girl character and how she was portrayed and this might be kind of getting into neutral, but I feel it's just fair to say because it's not really negative. But I also feel like she really added nothing to the film. Yeah. Like, she was good, and she was fine, and I liked her, but she also could have not been in the movie at all, and nothing would have changed. Yeah, Isabella Mon- Moner, Moner, I don't know how to pronounce her last name. I, I, what I, the positive I'd say about her, not so much the character, is she was acting the fuck out of this movie. Oh, she is. She's, she was a great actress. She was great. She was clearly coming across like someone who was like, I want to make sure I have a career after this movie. Yeah. <laughs> and so I really hope she does. I thought she, her performance was really good. She probably, had, she probably had one of the better performances of anybody in the film. I just wish her character was a bit, like when you say neutral zone, I just wish they did something with her character so she actually mattered. I agree. I thought I thought I was going to see more of her and she was going to be a bigger deal from the trailers than she actually ended up being in the film. Yeah. Um, I do think that the acting overall in this film was really good. Um, I honestly do think that. It might have been the best acting in the franchise to me. Uh <sighs> I still got Age of Extinction. I didn't think anybody was. I. I mean, I, no, no, don't get me wrong. No one's Kelsey Grammer in this movie. I know that's me. Like, there's, there's so many. Like, when it even comes to comedy characters, that Stanley Tucci was better. Like, even just talking about the point right now, I just think as a cast as a whole, I thought everybody was like on their A game in Age of Extinction. I thought there was plenty of stuff in this film that did not feel that big. It was felt a lot of it was not necessarily phoned in, but paid by colors. Like even Mark Wahlberg, I didn't. I didn't really... I wasn't feeling the magic with him in this film like I did in the first film. Like, oh, first see, movie, I did, I did. 30 minutes of the film, and he's kind of in his junkyard doing stuff like, oh, like talking to the baby Dinobot tr- Tyrannosaurus Rex. Like, oh, you did this, you're great, you're great. And while his, you know, fucking camper's on fire. Yeah. <laughs> having a pterodactyl bring him a, uh, a beer. beer. Like, there's there's lots of little things here, but there was no, like... I don't know, there was, there was just a lot of the magic and charisma that was in Age of Extinction. I was just was not getting from him in this okay. film. That's fair. Uh, I felt yeah. that, but I can understand that. That's totally fair. Mm-hmm. Um, I like his role as a character in this film. I like the idea that he's just this this legend that helps Transformers secretly. And, like, even the government knows about him. Um, and apparently knows where he lives but never busts him. Which is weird, but whatever. Yeah, that's... Uh... Um, I, I like that he threatened to punch a child in the face. Very hard. Yeah, I mean, I think there's there's fun parts in the first thirty minutes of the film. That's part of it for sure. <laughs> um, I just love that line. I lost my fucking shit in the theater. I was laughing harder yeah. than anyone else in that movie theater during that. Yeah. Uh, do you want to get punched in the face really hard right now? And he acted the shit out of that line. Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh. Oh yeah. Also, the first thirty minutes not a major positive, but it was just a fun little thing of the nerdy fucking kid consistently hitting on Isabella. 
Yeah, that that whole those kids went nowhere, but like they also like left after that. You know what I mean? So it's just like I'm gonna talk about about those fucking kids, Steve. That's fine, but I'm only talking about that one specific thing that I liked, and that's it. Okay, those kids. I know. Rage meters building. Not enough kids in the movie. I agree, Bill. Should have taken place during uh, King Arthur times with those kids time traveling to the past um, to help King Arthur. I agree. You're right. Uh, <laughs> uh, moving on. Moving on. I, I like the... Um, I like the Decepticons. Oh, God. This is neutral here. You know what? I'm going to do neutral at the exact same time as my positives because it's getting too hard okay. to like remember sure, sure, sure. to go back. Um, I like the Decepticon characters. I like that they're all very unique and they actually have very specific personalities this round for sure. Um, none of them are just monsters straight up. Mm-hmm. Um, I especially like that the one Nitro or whatever like is on a really on really good terms with all of his guards. There's, like, there's no reason for that, but I just really appreciate that as a character note. Uh-huh. Like, hey, see you, Jerry. Say hi to your wife for me. And he's flicking them off, but it's all in good fun. I don't know. I liked that. It helps show that the Decepticons are not just like this chaotic, evil, ultimate darkness thing, you know? Mm-hmm. But why was there a Suicide Squad montage? That is a for the that's Decepticons. In my, that, that's in my negatives. I guess I can get into it because you're you're hitting. On what it. are we? Some kind of Decepticon squad? What <laughs> I really hated about this film was all these things that were just derivative of other things. What was popular during production of this? Uh, Suicide Squad, BB-8, Stranger Things, uh, Game of Thrones. So we have to have dragons and medieval shit. We gotta have uh, these kids, because kids, you have to have these weird like group of multi-ethnical kid, multi-ethnical, multi-ethnical kids doing all this crazy shit. We have to have this little girl who's like discovering herself. We have to have this cute little robot that does little squeaks and beeps and looks like looks really ballsy and cutesy, like you'd see BB-8. We have to do this fucking uh, bartering scene where we're getting these weird intro Suicide Squad like intros of all these Decepticon characters. I was like, I thought, I thought it was a Guy Ritchie film. Like, I thought this was going someplace. It goes nowhere, Steve. Yeah, all those Decepticons immediately die. They they do nothing. Um, uh, yeah, I was hoping that was at least build up to something, and it didn't. But I'm on positives right now, so I'm gonna stick with this. I will mention. I had to, I had to interject there. Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. I'll mention neutrals as I go, but I'm gonna try to save my negatives, which I do also have. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Um, Cogman. Uh, this is just heavy neutral here, because I'm not. <laughs> I like his design. And I like the concept of this butler transformer that has been, like, serving this family for generation after generation after generation. Yeah. And, like, there's good moments of just, like, yeah, this part of my job sucks because I have to watch all of these humans die every time. And I'm not going to lie and say that he wasn't ever funny. Because there are mm-hmm. multiple times when Kongman did make me laugh out loud. But then every single time that happened... They ruined it with either another joke, a dumber joke, or just stretching out the same joke for five extra minutes. Yes. Um, Like, Cogman on the pipe organ worked wonders for me. That was a stupid fucking joke, but I thought it was legitimately really funny. Because it was kind of out of nowhere, there was no reason for that to be in this film during that sequence. It was a nice little break in the tone for a laugh. I honestly genuinely liked that. And then they ruin the entire scene by doing it a second time. Yes. And to me, that is the character of Cogman. So it's it's weird with him. Again, like, he, he did make me laugh multiple times. 
and I liked his design, I liked his concept, but every single time he was doing something that I liked, they would just ruin it again. And I don't know why they did that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, other. Um, I liked that Marky Mark was kind of like the chosen one type deal. Like giving him a big part of the story. Um, also with the neutrality of it, though, I thought that that metal was going to mean a whole lot fucking more than it did. Especially when it, yeah. when it like shows it blocking bullets and shit. And then that never happens again. And then one nope. one time he makes a sword. Like apparently the only thing the metal does is it lets it opens the doors on this one ship that you w- he would never have been able to get to if submarines weren't invented. Mm-hmm. Um, and also it jerked him off at one point or something. Yeah, when ah uh, ha ha penis joke. Um, there's no poop or pee pee jokes, but there's still sex jokes in this one. Oh, there's some fart jokes. There's a poop joke. There's not like a fart poop joke from Hound. Oh, was there? Yeah, when he transforms and his rockets are blasting out of his ass, like, oh, I should have that, like, Tijuana. And he's like, doing all this, oh, God. No. Oh, I must have missed that. That happens. My bad. Uh, every one of the movies has that fucking shit. I just, I felt like it was less in this one. In four in this one. Because four didn't have that shit either. Yeah, just, this film just does the, just. We'll get it, we'll get into the sex jokes when fucking negatives. I, I'm holding my back. I'm holding, I'm trying to hold myself back, Steve. Hold, hold back. Um, okay. I, I love. The fucking ridiculous concept that Earth is Unicron. Holy shit. It's it's stupid. I don't understand how they're going to reconcile that in future films, but I don't give a fuck. As soon as they said Earth is Unicron, I went, holy shit, they did it. Um, I don't know how they can fight Unicron if that's what Earth is, but whatever. Um, I like the design of Quintessa. Uh, I, yeah, I, I honestly, I like the design a lot more than the silly fucking there's three faces on a triangle or whatever mm-hmm. of the original designs. I like it way more than this. They kind of kept it indicative of that. They had the tentacles. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. They, they took, like, the concepts but updated it sort of thing. But it, yeah, to I, me, I, it I like really that. worked. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought the demon combiner looked cool, but the fact that he was in a combiner was pointless. Like, that didn't need to be a combiner at all. But, it did not. But the, the design was cool as shit. Yeah. That's fine. I mean, that's that's usually the case of most Decepticons are bad guys in these films. They have a good design that doesn't amount to nothing. Yeah. <laughs> this, like, Barricade this... had a great design, but Barricade did nothing. Yeah, I'm glad that he actually had a voice this time and actually seemed like a character, but then he did nothing. I'll get into that on my negatives, though. I know, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> I, I like, and not for the right reasons, I like the fact that Cybertron showing up to Earth in this film completely undoes why Cybertron showing up in the third film would have been bad. Yeah. Because, like, based on this film, Cybertron literally destroying cities, but aside from that, Earth is mostly okay, and it only destroyed cities because it was, like, digging into the Earth. Mm-hmm. Um, with the third film, they could have just lit Cybertron show up and then kill Seth No Prime, and then it's the exact same ending as Five, with every, all the Transformers hanging out on the planet again. Mm-hmm. I don't know why it was so fucking desperate to not even let Cybertron show up in the third film. Well, I'll so, talk about that. <laughs> Um, so I just like this because it retroactively makes the third film even worse, because fuck that movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Don't worry, this film does a lot of things to fuck over, like, all the, all these things. We'll talk about that. Um, let's see, what else? Uh, what else? Uh, I honestly did like Hop Rod in this. I don't know why they gave him such a stupid, heavy French accent, but they've done that with other Transformer bots in this franchise, so I don't want to, like, be mad about that. It's just weird. It's, again, it's... It, like, I like those Hot Rod is here, but is another... Yeah, that's right. They, I, I, when I was talking about them, like, not, not interesting to many characters, it's the same usual problem. Like, this is, this is neutral, so I can talk about this. Yeah. Where 
they're just introducing characters because they have a name and they're popular in the franchise. Mm-hmm. Like there's Hot Rod. Uh, he's not like the Hot Rod you knew at all from the show at all or, or anything. He's nothing like that. We just know the names. So here's Hot Rod. And he has a French accent because he likes it. Yeah, whatever. And he does weird time manipulation stuff. I thought that was cool, <laughs> but weird. It was. It, it was it, uh, neutral. I, neutral. Neutral. Neutral zone here. Um, I like. If you have that power, why don't you use it more? I agree with that. Yeah. Sorry. Um, I like that we saw some World War One Transformers, even though they weren't in the film much. Um, but that's fine that they weren't in the film much because that would have been ridiculous to have them in the film more than they were. It was just nice to see those sorts of designs. Kind of like how I said, like, I would have really liked to see the Model T Transformer based on the pictures from um, Revenge of the Fallen. So it was nice to see a fucking old-time tank in an old-time plane uh, just to see what that's like. That's all. Just visually cool. Uh, Bumblebee killed some Nazis. That was neato. Uh, Steve Buscemi was a firefighter on 9-11 as a Transformer. In case you never knew that. Um... Uh, I'm trying to get to stuff before, like, I get to the finale, because that's when it starts to blur a bit more for me. Mm-hmm. Uh... I like all the knight designs. Yeah, those are cool. Because they're just basically big metal knights. And I like that they all combine into the fucking dragon. That sheer concept is insane to me. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't really, like, put a lot of emphasis on that. It just kind of happens, and I kind of found myself going, like, holy fucking shit, Okay! Yeah, we'll talk about that. I got I got some complaints about that. Um, I do like the fight on the plateau um, with it just being very desperation. You know, this is not... This film is much like the fourth film again, where it is definitely not a case... You know, this is not a military U.S. government featuring Transformers movie, you know. Mm-hmm. I thought I was afraid it was going to be that again with Lennox being back in the film. But no, this is very much like, oh, we got this team of humans. Uh, they're kind of fucked. That's it. Like, they, yeah. they help. A little bit, and that's it. Uh, whereas the actual climax, climax is very much, you know, aside from the Merlin connection, uh, is very much Transformer v. Transformer. That is what the finale is, and I do appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I like I liked Megatron a lot. Uh, I do like the whole final sequence, especially like when the plateau starts to fall and shit. I thought they did a lot of cool visual things between the, uh, the Zero-G, the falling, um, all the um, different camera angles in that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, and I kind of <laughs> no. I, I'm just trying to think if there's anything else in the fight specifically that I want to mention because again, this is you know we just saw this fucking yesterday. Yeah. Totally. Um, because like I know what I want to end on here. I'm just trying to think if there's anything else before that. That's fine. You know, it comes if it comes, you can talk about it later. This is pretty free, open forum podcast. Uh, I think I'm I'm pretty good on that. I think the last thing I would just mention is that I do appreciate that the film kind of ends with like them going to Cybertron which is just kind of, like, nice to me. <laughs> like, okay, guys, let's go home, and let's try to start fixing this shit, you know, mm-hmm. which we could have been doing this whole time, but whatever. <laughs> it's, well, uh, I can start my negatives we, at the end. We're time. neighbors now. Man, let me get into that. Um, um, and I do honestly like that this is, that they do tease the sequel with this, with leading into more Unicron shit. I do appreciate that. Yeah. Oh, and I do like Sam Witwick's cameo. Yeah, we're uh, hmm, gonna talk about that. Um, that whole sequence is weird, but I like that cameo. <laughs> yeah, that's yep, it was. Uh, yeah, that's it. Okay, <laughs> so let's just, let's get a negative, Steve. Oh, I did like the uh, the plot. I'm gonna get into the plot more with the negatives, mm-hmm. but given what the plot was, I do enjoy how it was pacing out, how it was consistent throughout the film, much like four. 
Yeah. Um, I, I also have negatives with the plot, but I do want to say that, but I thought it was like a very solid, straightforward plot. I personally felt the pacing was good, and that was the plot the whole movie. It wasn't fucking jumping all over the fucking place like the first and the third films were. It was much, mm-hmm. it was much more similar to the uh, fourth film in that respect. Yeah, it was a bit more simple plot. I just, I guess the plot itself was kind of the problem I had with the film. I, we can start on negatives, and since I said plot, if you don't mind, if I can mm-hmm. lead off with this. Sure. I feel like this could have been a really good opportunity to do something really cool with the plot. Yeah. Um, especially, like, with the opening of the fucking film, well, not the King Arthur stuff, but, like, Mark Wahlberg in Chicago. When Mark Wahlberg's surrounded by fucking soldiers and Barricade is rolling up, I 100% expected Barricade to save Mark Wahlberg. And it would be a really cool idea of, like, no, you've helped us, too. There's no fucking sides when it comes to this. And it did not be a fucking boring-ass fucking Decepticons versus Autobots. Decepticons want a fucking magical item that'll fix Cybertron again. And the Autobots have to fight the Decepticons. I thought they could have done a really cool fucking thing with this story where it is all the fucking Decepticons and all the fucking Autobots are working together to prevent Unicron from being woken up by fucking Nemesis Prime, who is OP as shit. Yeah, that was my uh, general hopes and wantings kind of leading into this film. I thought we were going to kind of go that direction. Even, like, starting, it's like, ah, there's just, you know, Autobots and Decepticons still kind of fight. There's a lot of stuff on Havana. There's all these other weird things. And I'm like, okay, maybe we're doing some something different this time around. Nope. Decepticons, bad. Autobots, good. Human beings still don't know what the fuck they want to do. Still not trusting Autobots. Still outlawing all Transformers, even though the Autobots save their fucking ass five fucking times now. We have another weird, like, government-run kill squad that even start questioning their morals. Like, what, we already had this. Yeah. This? It was very fucking samey. Like, hey, I'm some dude. These these guys killed my men. I'm gonna kill them all. And then they're like, no, man, I believe you now. I'm gonna help save the day. I thought that guy was going to get some sort of comeuppance. He gets nothing. He's like a total asshole for most of the film. It's like, no, it's okay. I believe in you, Cade Yeager. I believe in Optimus Prime. What? You, don't, you didn't deserve it. You didn't, you didn't earn this or anything. That can go either way. Um, I'm not disagreeing with you. But that but that could be explained in a way of just like his comeuppance was realizing he was wrong. With the more like I just Eastern did, philosophy of things. I just didn't feel like it was earned. It's like it was such a snap, like snap of the finger. It was like it's convenient for me right now to go. Go, yeah, you're right. No, that's fair. Again, I'm not disagreeing with you. And in Linux, I killed me. Like, why are the fuck are you in this movie? Yeah, why are you even in this fucking movie? Besides a recognizable face, you're you're you have no like no character or anything. Like, we got well, I got him undercover. Like, you're undercover, but you're doing all this weird shit. It's like you either. I thought if he was like similar to, I was McKay more excited Rick, about the general being back than Linux. Yeah, like, there's little little things with some of the characters, like, oh, it's cool, he's back, and all this stuff, and they're still talking about Megatron and all this other stuff, and there's some cool Nest references and things like that, but as far as Josh Jamal coming back to play Lennox, it was wasted, it meant nothing. Mm-hmm. And the same thing, honestly, I really did not like seeing Simmons back in this movie, because the problem, I guess, like, overall, we're talking about, you know, whatever, plot and stuff, What I, why this film so, I felt like such a disappointment for me is, it's like they took elements of Age of Extinction that I liked... But then brought, like, all the stuff from the previous films back that I did not like. Yeah, and, like, you're talking to someone that fucking loves Simmons right now. Mm-hmm. And he did not need to be in this film whatsoever. No, he had zero purpose. Besides, like, uh, uh, the book is like ball sacks. <laughs> and we see the book, I'm like, this book looks perfectly fine. <laughs> perfectly fine. And, like, Anthony Hopkins about? could have just have had that book. 
Uh, yeah, he, he didn't need to be here. And like we have weird like Havana robot wanted to go play beach ball with. That's one. Like, that's one of the records that, that I kind of like the idea of just like oh this. Oh, was that? Yeah, yeah, that was the blue record. Oh, he didn't look like the record. So oh, he had the same design, it. but they just had to axe all of the uh, race car logos on him. But he had, oh, so but actually, he had the exact same totally, body design. I'm gonna totally assume that's not it, and they just reused his design, and they didn't know what they were doing. Maybe, but it sounded like the same voice too. Hold on a second. We got let's see here. Um, Squeaks Wheelie, uh, see Bulldog. I'm trying to see. Okay, we got. Um, okay, you're right. Yeah, Seaburg was top spin. There we go. And, and who's in? Who's in? Uh, who's in? Um, Havana. So you're right. There we go. Top spin. There we go. That was top spin. Thank you, Wikipedia. I'm sorry. There was just nothing there that made me think that he was there. But so why did Leadfoot get killed in Age of Extinction? <laughs> But not top spin. Because <laughs> uh, he was playing soccer. I'm sorry, football. Yeah, on the beach. On oh, no, the beach, Simmons. Oh, God. <laughs> but yeah, Simmons didn't need to be here. I thought... Now, here's what. Here's my issue with the whole Sam Witwicky thing. So, is Sam and his parents, are they dead or not? I'm guessing they're not. But then why Why are we doing this whole thing with this fucking Vivian Wimby? Why are they like, you're the last descendant? She's the last is descendant it? of Merlin, not of the Witwickens. Oh, thank you. Thank you for clearing that up. Because I was so confused in the theater. Like, he kept talking the emphasis of how important the family is and all this other stuff. I'm like, huh? Yeah, Woodwick, like, her bloodline, it's very muddled in the film. No fucking argument. The writing of that, of the exposition of this movie is very muddled. No yeah, argument, feel, yeah. but yes, it is very... Her bloodline is separate from the Wickwickin bloodline. She is important because she's the last descendant of Merlin. Thank you. Yes. Okay. That was so muddled because what still slayed me is that how come we never heard about any of this Witwick and stuff? All we heard about was Archibald Witwicky, but we like apparently it was a huge, this huge family tree. How come Sam and his father or any of these people knew it? How come they knew none of this? Yeah. That killed me. Like, there's so much retconning of previous stuff that was just slaying me. Yeah. Like, why is this happening? I can agree with that for sure. Like, why couldn't it have just been like, oh, and. Uh, he is just keeping this Transformer secret in England. The end. Like, like he's he's part of this stuff overseas, but this idea that the every single family member connected to Transformers is part of this with Wiccan, with Wiccan clan is insane. Well, and even the film itself is really making me confused. I thought all 12 knights were already on Earth in King Arthur times. Yeah. Where'd this knight come from in the spaceship that gave a knight's emblem to Cade? Where'd he come from? I can only assume... And this is this is an assumption because the film does not explain it whatsoever. I can only assume that he flew from the bottom of the ocean to find someone to hand the medal to. But then, how do they make the dragon when they're missing one of their twelve? Oh, they're missing many of the twelve because Optimus. They kill one of the guys that was in the room next to Merlin's crypt. That's and right. Optimus comes in and kills two other guys. How did they trans? I was my other biggest point. How did they transform into that fucking three-headed dragon? I would. It would have been fine to me if it was a three-headed dragon in the past, and now in modern days he's two-headed. Yeah, which, <laughs> that design. That design. That was King Ghidorah. Yeah, absolutely, it was. But fuck it, I loved it. It was. That was a slight nitpick on the design, but yeah. How can you? Uh, dragon Storm is the name of the three-headed dragon. Which is a, yeah, combination of the 12 knights. Uh, there aren't 12 knights anymore. <laughs> God, are you fucking kidding me? Uh, uh, Steve Buscemi is the voice of a robot. That's there's, there's Oh my god, yeah. Robots showing up and then disappearing for the rest of the movie. Uh, what happened to, first off, what happened to the rest of the Dinobots? Yes, that's another one of my criticisms, is that you got, like, they are still in existence, and they help, like, they, ham, uh, they help Kate out in the beginning. So, like, they're clearly game to help out people and help out and fight. It's not like they're just like, nah, Grimlock says, go fuck yourself. Um, 
So when you're showing up in a spaceship to what is very potentially the final battle of your life, of everyone's lives, because if you fail, it's game over for everybody. Why are you not bringing your heaviest hitters with you? Yeah, where, where, even then, like, we only ever see Slug, uh, Slug and Grimlock. Yeah. Where are the other two? Who knows? They're free. And it, but then what kills me is that they just show up. The guy's like, we're going to take them down. The cuts away. We never see them again. We don't know if they died. We don't know anything that happened to those two Dinobots. Yep. And what killed me too is when Hound is fighting off Megatron and them when they, when they ambush Kate's place, Megatron shoots him. It's a huge explosion and we cut away. And then Hound's alive again later. It's like, uh, that looked pretty, it almost looked like that was supposed to be like Hound's death. And they decided we didn't want to do that, so they decided to cut away from it and never talk about it again until Hound is just here again. Hound, I thought you were dead. I got better. It was like, I was, I was like, oh, I thought they're going to go over and like have Megatron kill Hound and some big thing for him. No. There's just a huge fuck all explosion that was like a direct hit on Hound, but he's perfectly fine. Yeah. I was, I was just, out of my mind. And then, go, yeah, going back to negatives, you introduce all these Decepticons, and then they die instantly or have really nothing. Yeah. They have no personality besides... Aha! Uh-huh. You have to have this big, stupid uh, hostage negotiation scene, and all this other stuff. Like, that. Was, it was 15 minutes that was pointless. It went nowhere, and it, it did nothing with it. And it was such a... And that could have been cool, because that's a cool concept. The idea that Megatron is bringing these human hostages in exchange for a few Decepticon prisoners. Yes. And then, but the government is not, it's not like the second film or the third film or the fourth film. The government's just like, no, we're going to give Megatron what he wants, but we're going to fucking track him because he's going to do some shit. And I appreciate that, you know? You know what really bothered me about this too? What? Why are there prisons for Decepticons? Yeah. When they've been consistently either in the last film or in this film just killing them. Yeah, even if they murdered the fuck out of that um, canopy. canopy. Yeah, they just murdered him. And then, then they're going to like, they have prisoners? Why do they have prisoners? Yeah, it's weird. They've been killing all these fucking Decepticons and Autobots on site. And we're doing... What? Yeah, there's not a lot of logic with that. I was just just at a loss for that. Um, Other stuff... Um, I got a big problem with the sex jokes of this film. Especially as they keep on making fun of Cade for not having sex. Like, I wanted that that scene to end with... How long's it been? Since my wife died. You fucking happy now, you cunt? And this, and even then, like the moms, like what's a oh he's a dungeon, Ooh, what's a BBW? Like what are we doing? Yeah, what is this? What is this? That stuff was just killing me in this movie. And then like the uh, a tone. That's right. I want to talk about tone. So we're showing King Arthur times. It's brutal. It's dark as fuck. I'm like, okay, we're down for this. Cut away to fucking uh, Monty Python level Merlin <laughs> and all stuff with the fucking uh, knights of of Cybertron. Uh, it's like, then we're cutting back over, there's a panning shot. There's a dude in the foreground that is impaled, like, clutching at, like, this this pole going through his chest while I have conversations, and cutting right back over to fucking, I'll swear off women. Oh, maybe not women. <laughs> uh, it was almost like they had the script, like, with the jokes and everything else in this whole Merlin shit. It's almost like they had a script, and, like, we need to punch this up a bit. Well, my 14-year-old knows all the hip slang nowadays. Let him have it. We have, like, fucking Anthony Hopkins saying, like, oh, that's a cool bitch. Or that's a hot, badass car. Flipping off people. Doing all this, like, weird stuff. And then it's, like, then Cogman is, like, of all the people I've served, you're the coolest. What? I think you, I think you talked about this before, about how anytime there was, like, any, any like, a, jo- a joke, there'd be another joke to ruin it. I felt anytime there was a moment... 
like it could be like an actual somber serious moment they just ruined the t- ruined it with a joke i this is, this is very going back to similarly with my issues of guardians of the galaxy volume 2 mm-hmm. like anytime there was a moment a serious character moment or anything like that it had to have a fucking joke on it to ruin it and take the air out of the room on everything yeah with the with the fourth film, I thought there was good levity and stuff against like darker scenes, but there wasn't. It wasn't like in like a scene. In, um, I I, I this is, here's a good example. Like when Tom Lennon is talking to the, like the head of the CIA, and then across the room is like badass fucking Kelsey Grammer. It's a good parallel because you have this guy who's like very nervous, like haha, I need to tell the president this, and Kelsey Grammer is like over here. It's fine. Looking like it's like from again Michael Mann film where he's like talking like you know yeah you might have uh, William Peterson there talking about trying to catch uh, Tom Noonan and Manhunter or something and it's super like it's kind of lighting the tones like super like oh it's gritty and fucking terrifying and then you have this guy who's like clearly shitting his pants about it but he's not sitting there going like it's not like he's like having a fart joke it's like like, like punctuating that with a fart joke would take all the air out of that that doesn't happen in that scene that's handled really well yeah and in this film it's just it, it 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 really it really slayed me all the time. I was sitting there, I, like there's like the whole wheelie came back, and I was like, uh And then the whole junk in the trunk joke. Uh, that that was a one second joke, so that didn't bother me that much. Not well, not like me. the other stuff. It it was it was it was it was a part of a whole. Like no, that's fine. That, that's totally fine. Yeah. On top of everything else, like we are going back to Transformers: Dark of the Moon, Dark of the Moon, Revenge of the Fallen level jokes, mm-hmm. and it was just like it, it, that's what that, when I talk about disappointment and wasted potential. That's really what was hurting me the most. It's like you guys, oh, you got to such a great point where I am digging this. You're you're going to really serious area. Your comedy, I think, is you got you dumped all the stupid bodily humor and sex jokes. You've dumped all that. Oh, this is great. This is really good. And then you just went right back to it. And you also went back back to having tons of fucking characters that do nothing. Like this physicist guy at the finale of the film going, and he's like, uh, uh, you screw your magic, go do physics. And like, like they're like making like he's some big character. Like, who are you? You've just shown up five minutes ago. Yeah, and you, and you fail. And also, this and isn't magic, this is Transformers. This is, it annoyed the piss out of me. Um... Yeah. What do you do with your hobgoblins? I'm like, why are you here? It's almost like a, like almost like having a religious film, and like you have that like stereotypically evil atheist character just show up out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Like this, this person would not exist. Right. Not not with what's happening and what has been happening in this world for like the past decade. On top of that, happening in this world, like why was there this Bumblebee World War II poster when? The Transformers were, like, it was contradicting everything, like, how Transformers were, like, some big super secret thing, like, there's never been another Transformer besides Megatron and all this stuff, yet we have all this stuff going on in World oh, War Oh, promotional II. material. Yeah, propaganda, and plus all these other Transformers, uh, and I kind of understood them hiding out, like, they've been kind of, it kind of implied that they were, like, dead in, in, uh, in Revenge of the Fallen. Mm-hmm. Not that uh, not that Bumblebee has been around since World War II doing all this stuff. I just it didn't I didn't gel with me. Like, why is this here? But it, it felt like it was only there so they could put it in trailers and stuff. I, was, I like the uh, I like how all oh, these uh, Transformers from World War One are super old. Oh, but Bumblebee that was in the war like twenty five years later is still exactly the same and totally fine. Yeah, on top of the, these knights are doing pretty well, and they're way fucking older. Way than older. All that that tank that tank with robot dementia. That's a fuck you. Yeah, fuck you. I agree with you on that. Eat my ass. Um, I got two more definite negatives that I want to mention before I sure forget. sure go for it. Please, um, please, please. The sheer concept that 
Mark Wahlberg and a little girl were going to fix, and apparently did fix, Bumblebee's voice. When Ratchet, the actual Autobot medic, had been working on yeah. it for literally millions of years. Because that's how old they are. Millions of years. And was never able to. That's well, it, fucking insane. It doesn't matter because they fixed him at the end of the first fucking movie. Yes, they did. But they just wanted to retcon it because it was funny that he did radio shit. Well, in the second I movie. like to think that Mark Wahlberg did nothing and Bumblebee just finally decided to talk this one time because he was tired of playing it up. And my biggest fucking negative is Nemesis Prime. Yeah, I was just about to say. Uh, holy shit. Like, we spend 75% of the movie building up to Nemesis Prime. And when he shows up, it is fucking sick. I mean that. He's got the purple eyes, the red face. He's just like, give me that fucking staff. Are you going to fucking try to not give me that staff? Here's the staff. Goddamn fucking right. He's destroying Bumblebee. And then it's completely solved in less than five minutes. So all that buildup was for fucking nothing. What the fuck? And, like, don't get me wrong, you get... I got good, like, hero Optimus Prime stuff. After that, you know, I like his speech... I like when he shows up and is just like, did you forget who I am? I'm Optimus Prime. You know, like, that's kind of like badass lines, but I wanted Nemesis Prime more. I yeah. wanted what the actual marketing of the film was going to be. Oh, and even if that wasn't, like, the core of the marketing, which, you know, I don't mind, like, um, um, what's the word when they... False advertising, <laughs> bait and switch. Uh, like a bait and switch, but, like, in a good way. Like a, like a deterring your expectations sort of thing. Yeah, misleading. Yeah, yeah, like, misleading you is totally okay to me in trailers. I like, I can dig that. Um, but the fact that so much of the film was dedicated, the actual film, like, not the marketing, but the actual film was dedicated to building up this, oh, fuck. Yeah. Um, and then nothing came of it. It was so disappointing. I just wanted something different. I wanted something more unique with that. And it was a huge letdown. This was a thousand times worse than the Martha scene. Because Martha has a lot of layers and actually matters story-wise. Yeah. This was... And people talk shit on that forever. Um, even though that's because they don't fucking understand it. But even at its most basic concept, like even if you ignore all the layers, even if you ignore the fact that it's making Batman realize he's being the villain, or that he's, it's making Batman realize that Superman is a human being because he cares about saving someone else even though he's about to die. Even if you ignore all that stuff, even if you took it at the bullshit internet complaint face value, <laughs> it's because his mom is Martha, even that has a thousand times more weight than, hey Optimus, it's me. Oh shit, Goldbug. <laughs> <laughs> hey Optimus, it's me, Bumblebee, your friend. And I might, it might as well have the Huey Lewis. That's the power of love. Damn! What? God damn it. Are you fucking kidding me? I wait this entire film for Nemesis Prime to show up and start kicking ass. I legitimately thought they were going to do the whole him kill Bumblebee. Uh, that would have been amazing. Yeah, like the big, the big heart wrenching moment of the film. No. He beats him up and then, and then Bumblebee has magical powers now where he can disassemble his body and just come back together. Yeah, that was stupid. It's done in the opening of the film, never done again until the end fight. It's like he's just like magically doing it, even though he's beaten up just a little bit. I'm like, what the fuck is this? When have you ever exhibited this power before in this franchise? <laughs> but no, just the buildup of Nemesis Prime pissed me off because I was like, oh, this is going to be badass. I, I was thinking back, I don't think, I don't know if you've seen uh, Furious 7. I have not. Um, but Jason Statham's character in that film is kind of like this. A complete badass that just periodically keeps showing up in the film 
when Paul Walker and Vin Diesel are trying to do all this different stuff, and it's incredible because like a, a elevator door open and he'll just walk out and you like and like start shooting stuff, and it's like it's like this really great moment. He just keeps showing up like right behind them in all these areas, and it's incredible. It's done really well. I kept hoping. Ne- I thought sorry, this film Nemesis would be like that, where Nemesis like they're doing something and all of a sudden out of the sky comes fucking this this beacon of hellfire. Nemesis Prime willing to rip shit, rip shit up, and it's like it's more about maybe like a retribution story for Megatron where Megatron's like the good guy. And like, cause like prime is like that evil. Yeah. Like not, not even like necessarily shit. retribution, just like Mark Wahlberg being like, well, we can't fucking trust Megatron. Megatron being like, look, I hate you fucking insects. After this, I will go back to trying to kill all of you. But if they wake up Unicron, we all fucking lose, you know, like, because you know, I, I, why is Megatron trying to bring what, what is this plot of suck Unicron's power? To bring Cybertron back to life. That makes no sense! Why do you need a magic wand to do that? I didn't understand it. Like, every time it's like, we gotta have the sun to do this for Energon. We gotta do the Earth. Why? Now we're doing the Earth's core for like, some weird like, thing? Like, I, fuck is this? I was fine with, we, Earth is Unicron, so we need to kill Earth. You know? That I'm okay with. I don't understand how sucking Unicron brought life back to Cybertron. I don't understand why Cybertron's dying. It's a fucking planet. You know, and even if it's like a, a living Transformer, there's no logical reason for that. Wasn't... What, what was Primus and uh, Cybertron and all that stuff? Primus is Cybertron. Primus, yeah, that's what I thought. So, like, they could do that direction. But it almost makes it seem like they were... They might be... Like, again, they're just using a name. Like, Unicron's a name we can use. I don't... I, I don't expect... Earth or you to be, I think it's just a name. I don't expect it to be an actual like Unicron Unicron where it can transform into something. Mm-hmm. I don't expect that at all. I think it was just purely a name, a dumb name. It's like it's Unicron. Oh, Earth is Unicron. That's that's Cybertron's enemy. What? Like, wait, what? What are you talking about? Yeah. I'm like, yeah, he showed up to kill Cybertron in the movie once, but it's, you're making it sound like some big historical enemy out there. Like, what are you talking about? Well, they should have gotten into it more in the film, but you know, I mean, like in the mythology, that still makes sense. You. Know? Unicron is Cybertron's enemy because Cybertron is Primus, and that's God, God yeah. of the Devil, but they don't get into that at all. They just make one off mention that Unicron is Cybertron's enemy, and that's it. Yeah, it was, Steve, they don't have time for that, because you have to have a huge, like, 40-minute segment of the film where we're just globetrotting over to England and doing stuff in England. It felt like the fucking all the Egypt shit again. We're going to the submarine. That's a, that's a Transformer, I guess, but never transforms or does anything. Yeah. What's this all yeah, about? Yeah, I kept waiting for that thing to transform and be called Death Charge, because you know they would have. It would have been cool, yeah. but they didn't do it. It was like, what the fuck? You didn't do anything. I was like, it felt like, again, it felt like Egypt shit and fucking Revenge of the Fallen, where it's like, I'm just following these human characters for a way too long that I don't care mm-hmm. about. But we gotta have Bumblebee there. And then last minute, here comes Crosshairs and Drift and Hound and people on the ship. I, I mean, I like little things. Like, they have continuity where it's like, yeah, at the end of Age of Extinction, a lockdown, lockdown ship is just kind of flying off. And so in this film, they get it back and they're taking it places. Oh, that, like, that's kind of cool. Like, there's little things where I'm like, oh, that's cool. You're oh, yeah. And you stuff. see the pyramid that had the uh, star harvester in it. Yeah, exactly. And that gets destroyed. Now, what? Now, here. No, actually, that reminds me. Uh, this film ends like it's a big happy note. Like, we saved the day. No. <laughs> Earth, <laughs> no, you did not. Earth is, Earth is ruined. Earth is fucked. Not only did you have these giant chunks of Cybertron destroying major cities. It's also attached to Earth and kind of floating in space. And even if it did go away, it destroyed half of the moon. Yeah. We're fucked. <laughs> um, just, we are, can the Earth just, even rotate anymore? No, we, we are screwed beyond any... Like, everyone's going on about it sucking out the core. Motherfuckers, you should already be dead. 
Yeah, yeah. Because, like, either the Earth doesn't rotate anymore, so we're dead. Um, mm-hmm. Or the Earth does still rotate, but that means whenever it rotates to put Cybertron where the sun is, that side of the Earth gets no more sunlight. <laughs> no, never. And it's on top of, like, it having this big hunk of thing attached to it, on top of the tides being fucked up, gravitational pull being fucked up, weather being fucked up, everything being fucked up, because you destroyed a big chunk of the moon. Well, uh, Cybertron's making up that gravitational force of the moon. Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> way more, though, so the tides are way higher forever. God damn it. That, that was, just, I was losing my mind. I mean, I tell you things like they're doing these little continuity. It's almost like, again, it, feel, it does feel like the last chapter because this film, it feels like a culmination of things. We're getting Simmons back. We're getting Whitwicky back. They're showing the moon. They're showing the pyramid. It's like drawing these little things. But it's, again, it ends on a big end point of like, oh, I'll, I'll teach you how to kill him. Oh, okay. So we're do we are doing a sixth film. Mm-hmm. It's, <sighs> I thought the I thought Bay's directing was all over the place in a lot of fighting scenes. I thought it was shaky cam. It was all up everyone's ass a lot of the time. I didn't think that was that bad. I thought that the it wasn't as good as in four. I fully concede that. But I thought that five. I just was think good. It, was, it was. I just. I just. Really I do hate was, the was, consistently changing aspect ratios, though. Yes. Oh God, I totally forgot about that. I've seen the theater, and it's like it's full, then small. It's like there's yeah, like three the time, different like, aspect ratios. It wasn't even like IMAX and like. Um, two, three, five. It was like one, eight, five, two, three, five. IMAX, and it'd pop in between those within like fifteen. Within dialogue, <laughs> yeah, dialogue. Boom, 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 boom. It's like I, I know you filmed this with three D IMAX cameras. I understand that, but you, you are severely gimping this entire film. I, I was, I was uh, very annoyed by that the entire time. It, it kept, it kept noticing, it kept taking me out of the film. Mm-hmm. I, I cannot recall seeing a film in theaters that did that. Yeah, not this bad. Yeah, I just, I, because I, I will notice that. It would stick in my brain, but I, man, I, I the only thing I ever saw was a film that was in open matting where they had to put the mat on it in the theater. I've seen a couple of times where they forget to put the mat on mm-hmm. and that type of stuff. Um, but the nothing, nothing like this. <laughs> right. I was shocked. And it's like, I, so you, I have to see it's an IMAX, otherwise I could have really fucked up screen the entire time. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Wasted potential. That's, uh, I'm harping about, you had that major opinion and theme going through the third film. That is really how I felt about this film. I was just, I've said it before and I'll say, I'll say it was kind of my final thoughts as we're wrapping this up. I was just really disappointed in this movie. I can agree with you that this film has wasted potential, but I don't think it at all reaches the levels that three was for me. That's totally fair. It's okay if stuff clicked with you. I was just sitting here being such as such a loss of stuff like why we're doing this like the plot is just silly and just yeah I, I, plenty of stuff i don't want to i don't want to harp i don't want to try to retread too much here so um I, that was kind of my final thoughts do you have any final thoughts kind of before we get into star ratings on uh, this film? i mean i thought it was an enjoyable film overall um you guys heard me list a bunch of fucking criticisms but even with those criticisms i still thought that this movie was very much worth seeing in the theaters um i liked it a lot Okay, your miles may vary. Uh, we, it's, you know, I always like the podcast. We have episodes like this. Where we can have two completely distinctive, uh, 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 sorry, differentiating opinions on something. So you heard my side of it. You heard Steve's side of it. Uh, go check it out. Of course, I always recommend uh, people see things for themselves, make their own opinion because there's there's plenty of films people love that I hate, and there's plenty of films I love that people despise. So we are obviously big fans of Batman v Superman, while half the population was not. Yeah. So, uh, so star rating, Steve, on Transformers uh, The Last Night. Um, I give this a four, but I'm not teetering towards the four and a half like I was with the fourth film. But I, it does, it, like, this, whereas the fourth film, I kind of was leaning towards a four and a half, but went with the four just because of length issues. This, I just give mm-hmm. a four 
So I think, like, arguably, 4 was probably still the stronger film. But, although they have the same rating. That's fair. So it's like a software. It's like uh, saying, it's like saying a B plus instead of saying, or saying like B minus instead of B plus. Yeah, exactly. That type of thing. I hear you. Um, this is a hard one for me because I, I don't know if I think this is the worst in the franchise. I don't think it's worse than three because three had like the, the worst humor, the worst abandoning of characters, the worst like cast of thousands. Yeah, I think that your rage is really strong right now because it's so fresh. I think that it, yeah, totally. I think that as time goes on, I think that you will still obviously dislike this film, which is fine. But I'm confident that over time you will still firmly say that it's better than three. Yeah, it, I, I do. I, my gut, like I said, my, like I said, when I, I keep trying to say like when I left the theater, I didn't. I felt mad and it burgeoned into hate. But I'm like, I'm sitting here, I'm like, but I don't like hate this movie. I'm just really disappointed. In this yeah, because I feel like with five, as much disappointment as like as much missed opportunities and as much criticisms that we did have, I do feel mm-hmm. that this film still has far more positives than three ever did. Yeah, that's I totally agree with that. So I think I, my starting is really hard to do for this one. My I kind of was leaning towards a two, but I might I think I'm going to end up at a two and a half. Okay. Um, it if it, it does some things right, I don't think it's as good as the first one. So I know the first one I gave a three. Um, so yeah, I think I'm, I'm going to go a two and a half. I think a two and a half. I think that's very middle of the road for the, the ratings. Would I watch it again? Maybe like five years down the line, maybe I'll watch it to reevaluate it. Yeah, I could say that. Like Dark of the Moon, I would never watch again. So I could at least say that. Like, there's like so there's some 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 things going for this, but I I don't I don't know if like I would say check it out for yourself to give your opinion. But if I if someone asked me to go if they if like someone said oh I only have time to watch Age of Extinction or or the last night which I Age of Extinction Age of Extinction yeah for sure just watch that you're fine it's just you don't need to even that even if I I loved five way more Age of Extinction is such a stronger like independent film yeah independent in the sense that it's like the story was not that Michael Bay made this with his own money. <laughs> no, that was that was kind of pain and gain. Everyone took heavy pay cuts, and that film only cost him sixty million dollars, which is still a lot of money, but also not as much as what the film seemed like it should cost. No, this film's budget is anywhere from two seventeen to two hundred and sixty million dollars. I, I look forward, and I, I do want to say this. I think that we should do two more things. Uh, is my statement, not not yours, mm. uh, and then sure. we'll do a quick ranking of the films. Oh, sure, um, sure. But I, as much as I did enjoy the fifth film, and you didn't, and that's fine, but as much as I still enjoyed the fifth film, I am very much looking forward to a new director taking these reins. You yes. know, as much as I, you know, I am the biggest Bay defender in the fucking world next to you. I love Michael Bay, I think he makes great quality, but I also think that this franchise is being becoming stagnant. Because it's a lot of the same stuff, it's a lot of the same ideas, I think, I think we need fresh blood to really bring this franchise back to life. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, so hopefully they can find someone that can, that can keep the ideas that Bay has established, because I would hate for them to do, like, a hard reboot at this point. You know, mm-hmm. I, I I like the idea that in, like, the world of reboots of franchises that came out 10 to 15 years ago, the Transformers is being the one like, nope, every, every single one's part 6, part 7, part 8, we're gonna keep this fucking going forever. I, I, I like that because I miss that from, like, the 80s and 90s and shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do definitely, we need new tone, new vision, something fresh, um, maybe, maybe someone that's a f- big fan of Beast Wars and Transformers Animated and stuff like that. I don't know. I just, I think that this franchise needs that. It needs a better, it needs a better writing. It needs a better writing team. 
It needs yeah, a new direction will be great for it. And I, uh, we are, Mark Wahlberg's already said he's done. He doesn't want to do any more films. So we can we can with six if they're going with a six, they can do a fresh start with a whole new cast. Honestly, I would have zero problem if they did do a reboot on the series and start over. Take a lot of the criticism fans of the franchise have had, incorporate it. Go back to being more about straight up just the robots. Don't include... You can have a human character's attachment there, but I, th- I, I don't know. Make I would say make it more like G1, not necessarily like the episodes, but more like how that show ran. Where it was a, a more of a war between the, the Autobots and Decepticons, and the humans were stuck in the middle of it, and they were it's the Autobots trying to save humans more than the humans just killing the fuck out of Decepticons all the time. Mm-hmm. And have actual... You know, Decepticon characters stick around and have char- actual character and three dimensions to them and do all that stuff. That That is where I really hope this series goes. That's my biggest complaint of this entire franchise is how the Decepticons are uh, faceless, mindless nothings. Mm-hmm. And, unless unless you are Megatron and kind of Starscream. Mm-hmm. That, that's my biggest negative of the entire franchise. Yeah, I agree with that. Is that? And I think that's the biggest misstep in the entire. So you're process. saying more Suicide Squad montages taking place in King Arthur Dark Ages with those kids from Chicago time traveling back in time. All right, and a cute in a cute BBA robot uh, going beep boop 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 and going beep, and saying fuck you through beeps. Yeah. Let's do that. I wouldn't mind if Transformers Six took place like 20 years from now and uh, the main character was Spike with Wiki, Sam's son. Sure, sure. Let's do that. No, oh man. Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta put one shit in there so that the live action Transformers movie will be PG. <laughs> yeah, every other. Oh, sorry, I don't. Um, I didn't want to get into it. The, the language in this film is also kind of weird. Every other word was shit and bitch. Yeah, but no fucks, so it was weird. It was like a. So it wasn't as good as Age of Extinction. <laughs> I got some fucks in Age of Extinction. It was great. Um, okay, so yeah, ranking the film. Steve, uh, your worst, best to worst. Best, best to worst. worst. Uh, four, five, two. One, three. But two and five may switch, you know, when I see five again. But that's how I feel right this second. Right this second, I feel pretty confident in saying my list is four, one, five, two, three. Okay. Well, we agree on the best and the worst. Well, we just... Yeah, and even two and and five might be teetering on with each other. I I don't... I I mean, rewatching two, I liked it a bit more, but yeah, there's there's still a lot of problems with it. That's that's definitely a lot of the writer's strike stuff. (laughs) It's so. funny to me that I feel like the writing in two was better than the writing in three, even with the writer's strike. Yeah, because it wasn't as fucking stupid. Right. They were just kind of like working with what they shot and going from there. So they they weren't like intentionally doing dumb as fucking shit things. Yeah. God. Okay, so uh, I think we're going to wrap it up here. Thank you guys so much for following us this theme month as we looked at the 10th anniversary of the Transformers film franchise. Uh, looking ahead, we will be discussing the animated Transformers uh, film in August, I believe, when we do some animated films based off of uh, television and toy pr- properties later on. So come back if you want to hear like what is arguably still considered the best Transformers film. Uh, we will be talking about it in a couple, in a month and a half or so. Uh, you can, if you want to get a hold of us, if you have any thoughts, if you want to give us your rankings on the Transformers film franchise by Michael Bay, 
uh, please uh, email us at moviefilmsabilityandsteve at gmail.com. You can also see all of our episodes, see, listen, whatever you want, at moviefilmsabilityandsteve.tumblr.com. We're also on Facebook. Look at moviefilmsabilityandsteve. Give us a like. Leave a comment. That's so nice of you. I've said this a couple weeks now. Uh, we do have some empty slots still for the rest of the year. So if there's any films you'd like to suggest that within reason that you'd like us to review, we'd love to hear your suggestions. Uh, we're also on iTunes. Uh, subscribe. Give us a five-star review. That'd be so sweet of you. And we're also on Stitcher. You can find us on our website or on their mobile app. And on the, uh, if you want to get in touch with me, you can find me on Twitter at Bill. And of course, you can check out my films, facebook.com slash silverspotlightfilms, silverspotlightfilms.com, uh, karisheld.com, uh, facebook.com slash the, uh, Amazing Spider Steve. It's just the Amazing Spider Steve, not the uh Amazing Spider Steve. My bad. And uh, Slasher Hunter is just went up on Amazon Prime a few weeks ago. Uh, it's a slight HD remaster. It's not much because it was shot on fucking 480, like mm-hmm. um, on a nice three chip camera, but still it was 480 standard definition. So there's only so much I can do. But I tried to kick it up a little bit, cleaned it up a little bit, made the colors pop just slightly more. It is not much. Please do not misunderstand because that was a very stylized film in terms of like color correction and stuff to make it feel like it's an old homage. But I still made the blacks a little bit richer, the colors a little bit brighter, and increased the uh, resolution up to 720. So if you've never seen Slasher Hunter before, go check it out. First movie I did that's actually in my career. It's a funny parody film. If you have seen it before, eh, go fucking watch it again. It's 30 minutes of your life and I get paid. Hey, there you go. And it's a quick watch and fun. Fun watch. Thank you. Check it out. Uh, So as always, guys, I've been Bill. I've been Steve. I'm coming for you, humans. That was the best quote I could find. um... Oh.